Welcome to Sunflower Living, a podcast that believes that life is always worth living. I'm Abile. And I'm Blinky. And welcome to our working philosophies on life and living with mental illness. All right. So today we are diving into triggers, Blinky, which is, I think with our working definition, anything in your day-to-day life or one day in your life may take you aback sort of unexpectedly. Yes. And mm-hmm. I think if we lay that as our definition, we can add also mm-hmm. just the fact that it can be any source. So anything yeah. that triggers the senses, um, that takes you back to a moment of trauma. Yeah, absolutely. I can definitely get on board with that because I think there are so many instances of triggers initially, but also... When I look back in hindsight, I was like, oh, that's why I might have behaved a certain way in a situation because there was something triggering within it. But then I didn't immediately recognize it, you know, because I wasn't in the present. But also, you know, I think we we, we can say many things on who I was in the past. <laughs> but that's a different episode. Yeah. Don't be so hard on yourself. No, I, I know. No, <laughs> we have to realize that as we learn more. Um, about ourselves we become so much more self-aware and that self-awareness involves triggers and so as soon as we know that certain things are triggering or certain people are triggering Mm -hmm. we're able to not so much avoid them but manage our expectations and manage the way that we're going to interact Uh, for me I know that they're just they're such like for me the cold and gray Mm -hmm. you know wintry days are the ones that really get me the most. And so I know I have to have a plan for that season. Otherwise the whole season is just going to be like a wash. And so I feel, I feel like when we're aware of what our triggers are, we're able Mm -hmm. to to better manage them. No, absolutely. I think I can definitely agree with that, especially when it comes to sort of maybe people who are not the most positive or sort of know how to push your buttons. If anything, you know, having grown up and where I'm at now, it's just sort of like, for example, if there's like a family gathering and there's, you know, one or two cousins who I've never really gotten on with, um, you know, I say my hellos and I move on. You know, I'm not obligated to give attention to people who are quite upsetting to me or in some ways are almost human triggers, you know. That's true. And I think we do that again out of a place of respect for ourselves and respect for those people. Because sometimes they don't realize that that's that's the effect that they they have on you. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they're also not in a position to change the way they either speak to you or their behavior towards you. And so it's so important to be like, okay, I'm going to respect you and your space. I'm going to be polite. However, I don't need to engage in a deeper level. Exactly. Because I think, I mean, I, I feel like that can be even given to sort of like the the more inanimate triggers that we may have, like be it, uh, like for example, I have a, anytime I hear jingling keys, that tends to set me off. But again, as I've grown up in more way and understood where that sort of, like why I have attached that trauma to that sound, then it's like, oh no, okay, we're in a, we're, we're so sort of like far removed from that trauma that it's okay if someone happens to jingle their keys, you know, because I don't, I think what we forget about our triggers is that we don't have to react to them, you know? That's true. We don't have mm. to react to them. And I think 
as I was saying, is that it's also when we're aware of them that we 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 know that, oh, okay, this is a trigger and so I don't have to react to it. I yeah. think the difficulty is the unexpected triggers, the oh, ones so that much. really just take you by surprise and you mm-hmm. are all of a sudden in um, panic mode. I mean, I felt that way when it was a good experience, like it was supposedly a good experience. And all of a sudden I felt this panic and this anxiety rising up and I realized, wait, something is happening here. And Mm -hmm. because I was in that present moment, I was able to see that nothing was really wrong. It was just the way that I was internalizing that experience. Um, Mm. And so that was like something new for me. And so I didn't realize that good things um, could be triggers because for me, I always thought, oh, a trigger is something negative. A trigger is something, um, that I dislike, but sometimes it can come from, I don't know, you know, um, really positive. So, you know, so-called positive things that for you, you didn't realize were, um, activating a memory or a past trauma. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and just to kind of go off what you just said, I sometimes, I, this, this, the, the word kind of, not even word, the words popped into my head where you said it's kind of like a joy withdrawal, you know, where oh, yeah. where it's just, I, I've had that in several instances. For example, I will ha- I'll have a good day with my family, for example, or, or, you know, we'll have a bride or on holiday and it's lovely and it's great. But then at the end of the night, I'm just, like just overcome with this wave of sad and I'm like what is this now it was great it was fine you know we're drinking cider. Mm. it was a great time and then suddenly it just it, it 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 activates this place in my mind of yeah but that doesn't happen enough for you to sort of almost that it becomes benign do you know what I mean where it's just oh this is what's going to happen if I'm gathered around these people so I think I don't know maybe that speaks to sort of like a deeper issue within myself but I would I definitely do relate on the more joyful things also in their in their own way being triggering you know and I think that goes back to our experience of joy and Mm -hmm. our experience of happy moments and Mm -hmm. so when that has been tainted at times in our past, in our childhood, in our adult life, we struggle with it. We struggle to connect with it because we're almost expecting something to go wrong. We're expecting a disappointment. We're expecting something bad to happen. And so it's important for us to also go back into those and heal um, because I think that's the only way that we overcome. And when we take responsibility for our healing, Mm-hmm. Uh, we are then able to really step into into spaces where we can live more consistently, if that makes yeah. sense. No, totally. I love that because I think what it brings up in me to kind of say that, okay, this is what I struggle with, but I can still go on. If anything, you know, having that that mindset of kind of knowing that that's what it is in in the moment has almost in a lot of ways helped me grow to sort of say that oh mm-hmm. I don't like this because like almost connect mm-hmm. connecting the dots you see the yes. full picture and it's like okay so this happens because of that and due to that we're not going to engage in that because then I'm going to have a bad day or even settle for spiral and I've never yes. really you know, you never want to be the reason that you hurt yourself for the comfort of other people, I think. Oh, sometimes. wow. Yes, yeah. that is 
huge. Wow. I loved how you talked about connecting the dots Mm -hmm. and the fact that you don't have to put yourself in a situation of discomfort or harm for someone else's benefit. That is so big. And we have to own that. We have to be able to, to take ownership of our lives and say, and, and be honest about it sometimes and say, this is not a comfortable space for me. I'm no longer able to do this. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I'm, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to remove myself from this. Yeah. Mm. I think a huge trigger and one that we can all relate to right now is the news. Yeah. No, the news is huge. It's just, it's always just such a, like, for example, now, um, you know, looking at the numbers in, in SA, it's just so, it's terrifying how it's jumped so suddenly. And I think I had a moment of of panic where I just sort of zoned out, I think, for a good 20 minutes. And I was like, but wait, we were doing so well in terms of like, you know, containing the virus and everyone being safe and getting masks and that sort of thing. And then it just jumped and it, it genuinely panicked me. It really, really did. And I think, you know, within this time, there's so many layers of triggers, right? Because yeah. I feel like there's there's the fact that we're all, you know, the whole world is going through this. Yeah. And so this pandemic has brought out um, a lot of anxiety in general. But another aspect of it is the grief, right? And the yeah. fact that we are grieving over our freedoms. We're grieving over the plans we had made. We're grieving over the uncertainty of our future and yeah. that, for me, is 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 a huge trigger because I kind of sit and I'm watching and I'm just like, I thought I had tools to manage and now I mm. don't. And now I can't access some of those tools. Yeah. I don't no, know, I've... how is it affecting you in terms of the way that you used to manage? Oh, my gosh. I think, if anything, it's sort of like nearly strengthened the way that I I have had to manage in the sense, you know, being such a... A, a hugeish, um, not personality, a, a hugeish introvert, right? So I thought that a part of me thought that, oh no, this is great. I can thrive. This is my time. I can read and write and do all sorts of things. But no, I think I didn't realize initially how much this pandemic had taken away from me at the same mm-hmm. time. Because when I look at you know, who I was when I came into 2020, I had all these, you know, sort of like manageable plans and I was being nicer to myself and I was like, okay, no, it's fine. You can ask for help or you can, I mean, especially where uni is concerned, like you can ask for extensions and you can sort of explain to the people around you what it, what it is you're going through. Yeah. And, and then that was sort of just blown up from the center, like when I hadn't seen it coming, because, you know, when, when the news broke initially, you know, in Wuhan, it was like, I know that that's, that's, that's miles away from me. It's ages away. It's fine. I don't really have to worry about this. But then when it comes onto your home turf, right, which for me in South Africa, then it became just such a stark reality to say that, hold on, actually, I have to almost rewrite an entire year of my life. And mm. even even after rewriting it, it's net like what I knew before this virus is not what I'm going to go into. Do you know what I mean? Like afterward. Yeah. And so in that way, it's been very triggering because 
I'm almost forced to face myself absolutely on a day-to-day basis, but also be okay with it, you know? And it's, in in that sense, it's been very triggering and it's been very, um, I don't know, there's just this constant sense of, but when is this over? And like, even just even, I want to say at the beginning of this week, I realized that there is no getting over this. There's living through it, but there's no getting over it. You know, there's so much time and so many ideas and thoughts and wants and whatever else that aren't coming back. And that's really hard. I think that's difficult for a lot of people to deal with. Definitely. I think one of the things that's also highlighted for me is mm-hmm. just how much we need people, you know, mm. no man is an island. And I feel like that has been um, amplified in this time and yeah. that we realize how much we need other people. And so as we're all like in lockdown mode in our homes, we yeah. realize, oh, yes, I love these people. But I also have a network of other people who I miss dearly, who I would love to connect with um, yeah. and who influence and impact my life in a positive way. Absolutely. I was just about to say that in the sense that for me, you know, kind of being an introvert and being someone who doesn't like to, or has come to a place where I value my time and who I give my time to, this has really shown me that, you know, because we know that I can't drive, that, um, you know, whenever it is possible for me to, you know, go to a licensing department and like all kind of thing, is to learn how to drive because then, I will be better able to go and be with the people that I love and who impact my life in a positive way. Mm, Yeah. Mm. So any closing thoughts? It's going to be okay. I think I've always hopped on on this and it's been like, that's just been a phrase I've carried with me for ages. I mean, even in my, in my darkest moments, like always just saying or even writing it out that it's going to be okay has helped me almost see the different versions of that phrase and also has helped me forgive the the kind of inevitableness of being sad and being in a bad space, but also knowing that it doesn't last and, you know, the sun will come out at some point. So, yeah, I would say that. But even in your triggers, even in your grieving it's going to be fine and you will find, yeah, you'll find something, something worth working towards or even living for. That's awesome. All right. So thank you so much for listening. And a note, we are not mental health professionals. All opinions expressed in this podcast are our own. Thanks again for listening.